This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson and with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Jim, welcome back. You left us for a week there. I was gonna. I was. I hope you didn't. I hope you didn't. You didn't listen because your ears. Your ears would have been burning. Eh? That Sean Dillon can't have put. He can't have put the boot in. He's a terrible <laughs> man. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> terrible man. Anyway, you're you're back with us and just in the nick of time. Man, loads of loads of cheery stuff to talk about, haven't we, Jim? Loads of cheery stuff. What's up? Where do we start? The uh, the nine game losing run, the six game losing run, or the other six game losing run? Which which one do you fancy? Shall we start with the longest one first? Should have had the I am jolly on the day, you know. Oh well, uh, he's ne- he's next week after oh, the Scottish geez. Cup. We better start with the uh, we'll start with the longest one because Saints are obviously you know they're bottom of the league and and are now nine games nine games defeated. Obviously, I I covered the game I was at, at Tyne Castle and I kind of you know you get. You kind of your your mood changes in a game like that, and sort of your 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 ideas and how you're going to write it up changes as well because you know you go into the match thinking it's either going to be a a continuation of what happened before, or it's going to be there's going to be a bit there's going to be a a brave new dawn, or, or you know it turns out as as with most things it was somewhere in between and. You once you take a step back from it, you 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 do try to you know you know that's one of these famous phrases and football football people always talking about taking the positives and stuff. But you know, Saints, you have to be fair to them. The first half they were much better against. I think I think this Hearts team is miles miles better than the rest in terms of third place. So it, it is a very good it's a very good team who turned defence into attack very quickly. And after after watching the game and being very impressed by him and then seeing the Hearts journalists and the Hearts fans speaking about Barry Mackay, they were talking about it as a, as a magnificent performance and a guy that's really come to the top of his game. So there, there were those things going on. Saints matched Hearts first half. Ridiculous goal to concede from your own, your own kickoff at the start of the second half, which kind of played into the theme of these were familiar flaws. I think I, I, I used that very, that very phrase myself. So, you do kind of, you do kind of, then end up lumping it in with all the rest because again, it's extending a run of eight into nine. But it's a manager's job, Jim, isn't it, to to take those positives and to make sure that you don't lose them in amongst mm-hmm. the the two silly, well, one silly goal. The second goal was was it towards the end when they were pushing forward to get an equaliser. But that's where a manager has to see the see the good in amongst the bad as well. Well, I mean, it's it's you know we'll touch on all of the all of the managers and and the kind of you know the the three full time sides in the the territory during the course of this hour or, or, or so, Eric. But I mean, they're all in the same boat now. They all have to find themselves as kind of motivators, teachers, coaches, um, father figures, sports psychologists. Every talent that that they've got. Um, is now being is now going to be called upon because um, they, they will you know given the run media the media, media experts media they, uh, no much call for immediate saints is there you know more, more <laughs> of that maybe something later but you know what I mean it's you know they, they just kind of Callum has probably tried everything he can think of now to to try and he's obviously now on the kind of there's time to go for more new faces to be brought in at all of the clubs but you know obviously he's brought in the likes of Chief G you know. Um, 
He was very good, Jim. Was- yeah, I mean, look, I, I mean, I, I am, I, I kind of, I'm not comparing him and Lee Griffiths, but you know, the, what I've, I've kind of started to take myself to task on with Griffiths, if they get the chief chief that we know and remember, they've got a very good signing. You know, um, he's a guy with a lot of ability. Um, he can link up, he can score goals, he passes, he's strong, uh, he's smart, you know, he's an alert player. Um, all of these things. Um, and, 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 you know, you've got to hope now that he's going to kind of, you know, that, that Saints are going to turn the corner and he's going to be play a, an integral part in, in that. But the bottom line is the, you know, the Scottish Cup's coming up, obviously. But the, the main thing is that, as we know, the league table doesn't lie. And, and that league table for St. Johnson. Is, is frightening the, the, the situation against Hearts I agree with you Eric Hearts are, are the best of the rest by by a long way the points table tells you that you know they're, I mean, they're 8 points ahead of their nearest challenger um, Motherwell in 3rd place and they're a strong side they're a physically strong side they're a quick side they're um, they, they, they compete. They're you know good competitors among their ranks. Thought Mackay, the, the, the way he's, you know the, his run and and the layoff for the, it was the opening goal, wasn't it? Was was well, yeah, summed up a lot of what other clubs should be trying to do. Nothing like running it. You know somebody who can run at men, who can dribble, who can take men on, and then can see the pass and wait the pass. And then the weight of pass of was perfect. Yeah, perfect, absolutely perfect. And they give I mean, it gives you know it gives a it gives the, the player who's going to score um, an absolute you know um, the easiest chance in the world and in fairness Ganelli took it, took it to them well you know so um you know, but you know, back to Callum, he's got to find a way to to turn the corner. He will not meet hearts every week. That, that you know, that, that's one of the, that's one of the good things about it. Um, and they didn't disgrace themselves, as you say. You know, they competed well for fair chunk of the game and all the rest. Of it, but we're undone. Um, you know, with the kind of faults that, that have undone them so many times this season and somewhere along the line, you know, you've got, I mean, I, you know what, sometimes, I'm sure we'll talk about this with tactics because I watch United fans on some of their message boards tearing the, a, a, a Tom Court's tactics apart. I, I was intrigued with Big Rab Douglas, my fellow courier columnist, saying last week, you know, we're getting to the stage where it's no tactics that, that matter or even win games. It's now about drive and ambition and hunger and, and all of these things and, and professional pride and, and saints now. You know, I mean, there can't be much more, that, you know, that, that Callum can drill his defence on, can drill his midfield on. There's, there's only so much coaching you can do. Then it's up to players to have professional pride, professional drive, hunger, the right attitude and all the rest of it to get themselves out of the sticky um, situation that they're in. And it is a really, really sticky situation. Yeah, I mean, Sean, I, you know, you, you kind of, I think as far as St. Johnson was concerned, it, well, everybody was so just, <laughs> it was almost like, you know, a relief when the first stage of the season finished, we got to Boxing Day and it was like, all right, you can take a breath, you can hopefully get some sign-ins in, you can regroup. That that was the focus, you know, and then it was all, it was. I mean, I knew they had hearts first, so that was always in my mind, but it was only a sort of day or two before the game that I looked at the the the, the whole card and I, and that I had a real fear for just that night as a whole, just looking at them, because I'll be honest with you, I expected uh, I expected Ross County to beat Motherwell just because I was really, really impressed with them against Saints just before the break, and they're a team on the up. I don't think they'll be anywhere near the bottom by the end of it. I half expected, we didn't have time to really just make our predictions last week, but I half expected St Mern to, to get a result at Tannerice as well. We'll come on to them later, obviously. And who was the other one? There was an, uh, obviously Dundee Livingston. Now, it wouldn't have shocked me. The only thing that stopped it being a total nightmare 
I think because I think at this point you're just looking at second bottom, you know, and anything else can, you know, you, you, you're not looking any higher than that. So there was there was the possibility of a clean sweep going against them, and Saints could have played could have played very well at Tynecastle in any circumstances, any stage of the season, and lost. Let's face it, but it could have been a really really bleak picture, which is what happens when you're at the bottom of the team table. It isn't just about your results; you have to. It's it's about the others as well. So that kind of kind of came to pass with the with the other results apart from Dundee's, but it's yeah. I don't know if you expected them to get anything, even if they played well. Or did you go into that, look at the card and think the exact same way as I did? I, I certainly didn't expect them um, to get anything. And, and I don't think anybody who's watched them for the last couple of months would have expected them to get anything um, from that game. So uh, in that respect, I wasn't shocked. Um, first half, as you say, they were, they were, they were in the game. Um, I would hesitate to say they matched Hearts. I still think Hearts were had more control of the game, but St Johnston were in it. Um, and then you're right. Start of the second half, it's just, it's just a, a disastrous goal to give away. And that's um, for St Johnston this season. Once they go a goal down, or <laughs> actually, you could stretch back in a bits of last season as well. For once they go a goal down, they're done. And again, um, I think the 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 record actually under Callum Davidson after conceding first is, is abysmal. If you look at it across, across his reign, it's 31 games. And when they've fallen behind in those 31, they've only won two of them. So that's that's not terrific. Um, and from that point onward, uh, I just felt that for, for all that there were there were a couple of bright spots, Chifty being one of them, um, I thought his sort of willingness to to have a have a have a shot at goal, for goodness sake! I mean, that was that for that to be exciting tells you what we've been watching so far. Uh, his movement was really good. Um, I thought you could see he looked he looked hungry. Excuse the uh, excuse the teeth reference, but I thought, I thought he looked. Uh, he looked like a man with a point looked, to prove. I think he did. Yeah. yeah, I thought I thought he was a real bright spark, and the other the other. The other one specifically would be um, McPherson, who looked involved in the game, and he looked his touches were decent, and he was doing a lot of the right things. And that's kind of the the first time we've seen him put that together over an extended period in the game. So he he was another bright spot. But beyond that, into the second half, once we went behind, for me, at that point, it did just become more of what we've been seeing up to that point. Um, we had a few shots at goal from distance, none of which hit the target, really. Some wild ones as well that went way, way off. And at that point, I think that's when the frustration creeps in because it becomes, right, well, we've seen this before and nothing's changing and we're going to lose this game. And we did. So, yeah, well, it could have been worse if another... if if. If Dundee had won, for instance, then it, it would have been a, a, a really, said. really bad night. A really bad night. Um, so the fact that they didn't is, is helpful, but but what that does do is make the game against Dundee next week absolutely enormous now. That's crucial. Yeah, and this will be the last time we'll we'll definitely speak about it because we'll we'll not be podding we'll not be podding before then. So 
you know, we'll, forg- we'll forgive Kelty Hart if there are any Kelty Hart fans listening to this. We'll, forg- we'll we will mention them, but we we may well look past the, the game at the weekend for a bit as well. I mean, Jim, have St Johnson have St Johnson done enough for their for their manager so far in terms of? Did you expect more? Did you expect uh, did you expect checks to be signed and? You know, there's your centre midfielder. There's your other striker to play with Chiefchi. There's your ex. There's your other centre half. Did you expect that? Did you expect more by this stage? And does does it have to be done before Wednesday? Forget before deadline day. When you when you know you're in trouble, and Saints have been in trouble for a wee while now. We know that. So I've been in trouble long before the January window opened. So that's when you're doing your work. You're identifying what you need. Um, you're identifying what you need, what the positions that you want strengthened are. You're identifying who is available, who might be available, who you might be able to tempt. You're putting it fearlessly. Oh, let's be honest, we all know how football works. I mean, sometimes people think that, oh, that's a window. We can now start speaking to people. You know, football, it doesn't matter how you talk about players being tapped up. That goes on right through the game. You know, feelers are put out and all the rest of it. So since like every other club will have been doing that or should have been doing that, and that that's where Callum's backroom stuff. I mean, there's a, there's, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, a site I follow called Training Ground Guru. They do some fantastic stuff, and one of the points they ever made today was they really see the great managers have got great people around about them. They've got good sporting directors around about them. They've got good kind of football operations people around about them. They've got good chairmen about them, and all the rest of it. Football's a team game. Management. You can't expect a manager just to manage on his own. I mean, the old days when a manager did everything. That's all long gone. So you've got to have good people about you, taking the roles on, taking their tasks. Uh, you know, identifying people, trying to figure out what it would cost. Do they meet the budget? What is our budget? All these things. And I just kind of sense that that hasn't been done well enough at Saints. Otherwise, um, they'd have been good to go. You know, once the window opened, they would have had their targets identified, moved them in swiftly. You're now at a situation, I, mean, I saw James McPake saying the other day, it's a really hard window. We all know that it's a hard window, but it's, it's really hard, uh, particularly for James and others at the moment in this situation, because it's a really hard sell now to persuade somebody to come to a club when they're bottom of the league and, and, when, they're, and, and when they're actually pretty far adrift as St. Johnson now are. I mean, Dundee and St. Johnson are in danger of being kind of cut off completely, but Saints are even worse than Dundee, two points adrift and seven points adrift to Ross County. What a hard sell that is to somebody that's an ambitious player Unless you're going to offer a fortune to somebody, you know, um, an absolute fortune, and you know, and and if you're going to offer a fortune to someone, that individual's probably getting offered a decent deal elsewhere, anyhow, for his particular skills. So, <clears throat> this has been left really, really late, um, and we're now left with, you know, a short space of time. I mean, this is what this is. Twenty to January as we're sitting recording this. There's not a long time left to get your your, your dominoes set up. Um, for a tilt at staying in the Premiership because that's what this is now about, Eric. I mean, I have to say, sometimes some, so, sometimes things just suddenly hit you. And even until a few weeks back, I was thinking, ah, Saints will be fine, Saints will be fine. Be and fine. then suddenly, yeah, yeah. suddenly you look and you go, actually, they're a million miles from being fine. They're in serious, serious danger now of being relegated. In fact, if I was a betting man, you would almost put your money on it now. I mean, it's between, it looks to me like between them and Dundee. Ross County are pulled away. Malky Mackay uh, seems to be doing a pretty good job up there. They've got some kind of pretty lively players. And all of a sudden, Dundee and St. Johnson are in serious danger of being isolated. So the work, you know, you you, you can only, you know, we can only guess and speculate at what has been going on. But the bottom line is, what has been going on, whether there's been loads of work behind the scenes, not enough work behind the scenes, or in between, it hasn't worked. They haven't 
brought in sufficient numbers of new faces um, at this stage. I mean, I think I said in my podcast last week, that, uh, sorry, in my column at the weekend, that when the, the fixtures happened in midweek, all of the sides, Dundee United, St. Johnson, all had to be in a situation ready to kick on. I mean, you that you know, Saints had a, a very, very tough fixture. They all had to be ready to kick on, hit the ground running. Uh, none of them did. Um, so, you know, the, the short answer, my ro- long rambling answer, uh, the short answer is no, not enough work has been done. It's, it's not been good enough. Because, Sean, um, we're, we'll say it's three signings, but, you know, Callum was speaking about Daniel Cleary long before... Uh, Long before it was officially announced on the first of January or the second of January, when it was, whenever it was, you know, the final confirmation. So he was done a while ago. So they brought, they got Gallagher and and Chifchi. So that got them off. That got. That, it's been a wee while now, isn't it? It's been a, it's been a wee while since uh, since since they got done. It's too too long a gap. Well, absolutely, and I, I think with the fun right, Saints it, it, have, with the fun Saints, yeah. Have, well, that's the that's the other thing, isn't it? It's not like they're sitting there potless. Um, and at, at this point, if you're going to make a concerted effort to try and avoid relegation and stay in the league, they need to spend it and spend it now, because it looks to me like Callum Davidson isn't interested in changing the way that team plays or the way he wants his team to play. Right, so you can have a separate argument about whether this this problem this season is about system or personnel. It's about both. Is the answer now? The, the the personnel one, it's obvious what the what the trigger for that was. That that being the sales of Ali McCann and Jason Kerr on deadline day, and the fact that they weren't adequately replaced either beforehand or in the aftermath. In the aftermath, it would have been extremely difficult to do it. So the fact that it was left so late late was is a problem, uh, and we can see the results of that now, given that the bottom of the league and having one and nine. Um. So. It, it, the question is, should Callum Davidson have changed it or should he change it now? I don't think he's going to. Um, I, I think there, there's certainly an argument for doing it, a pragmatic argument for doing it, because I think if you if you look at the results, not just the results, but the way they've played in games as well, they don't look like winning them. They're not scoring goals, not creating chances. I think you're, after nine games, nine defeats, you're, you're rubbing up against the old definition of insanity question that being doing doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result and I think that's why supporters are becoming frustrated with watching it and I understand that frustration completely because I, I feel it myself to be honest with you so I think there's been you, you can have a way you want your team to play but then you also have to be very very conscious of the fact that if your personnel don't allow you to play that way then you you, you have to make an attempt to, to change it and I, I think nine in a row tells you that maybe that change could have been made so there's personnel and there's systemic issues I think both of them are true um but being that it being that let's assume that he isn't going to change it and I don't think he will then the way out of the situation if there is one is that money needs to be spent and spent now on players who can come in, and can play and that are good enough to play in that system straight away. So that means like a cut above what we've got, basically. And I think you you definitely need an Ali McCann type. I know we were speaking about it earlier, Eric, and I joked about John McGinn, a John McGinn type. That's exactly the type. He's not need, coming. You don't I'll get me. I, I know that. he's not. I know he's not. So you don't. You neither's Ali, but you don't get you don't get many of them at the pound. So it's a really difficult one. 
But that's that's kind of what that needs. Uh, you could give clearly the benefit of the doubt that he's he's been targeted and brought in as a, a sort of a replacement for Kerr, if you like, who's got similar sort of attributes. Fair enough, we give him the benefit of the doubt there. But you certainly need an Ali McCann type, and you need Middleton to be on or either either need Middleton to be playing and on form, or you need a David Wotherspoon type in there as well. I think because you've got got Chief G, and I like I like the look of him. He's lively, but certainly, I mean, that's two obvious ones. I think that you need to make that system function better than it has all season. Because the bottom line is, it hasn't functioned at all. It's been dreadful. Well, I mean, I mean, I think a a quality, and obviously not a John McGinn, but a quality centre midfielder would would have the potential along with Chifchi and Cleary of, of transforming the team just because it would it would get parts functioning again and all the rest of it. I mean Saints Saints would be gosh, I mean I've not studied the uh, the balance sheets of uh, relegated teams over over the years. That's not I wouldn't be my specialist subject and mastermind, but I think if Saints were to go down, I think I think I'm on safe ground if I, if I would be saying that they would be the first the first club to go down with millions in a cash rich club and that in itself would be would be horrendous wouldn't it Jim you know because, I mean what's the point what's the point in building up money for a rainy day when it when it's bucketing down and you can't do anything with it mm. well look the time to mend the roof as we know is when it's not raining now now as, as you put it it's bucketing down now you know I, I'm kind of you know to some extent here Eric I can't help but contrast and, and compare I mean Dundee United's roof fell in when Stephen Thompson was the chairman, when they sold, um, uh, what do you call him, GMS and Stuart Armstrong to to Celtic, and then Chief G went no long after that, and and that ripped the heart right out. They, that they needed now. the money though, the bank. Yeah, the bank I, I, was, that's what I'm going to say. I've got some it. sympathy. I've got some sympathy with Stephen Thompson. I often said to him, "Look, you should have just level with the fans. You should have told them, here's the situation the club is in. We're, you know, we're we're, we're bust. You know, we, we need money because you know, you know, we're losing money hand over fist. I mean, um, you know, punters, but punters are not interested in that. You know, the the difference is Johnson are cash rich. They have a huge chunk of money in the bank. We can argue, I and mean, I think I took a. a you know, after some kind of speaking to various people in the know, I took a, a stab at the other week and rec- I mean, some people are suggesting it could be as much as nine million. But let, let's let's work on the figure of five to seven million pound. Now, if they go down, and, and there's a, there is now a real likelihood that they go down. If they go down, it, it might take them years and years to get back up. But it's not. All, it's also not that easy to even to buy your way at the championship. It's a brutal division, um, hard to attract players and all the rest. Of it. You, you know, you might attract players to. Um, Hearts or to Rangers when they were in the, the, the championship or something like that. It'll not be that easy for Saints. You know, I mean, it's almost incredible that a club have gone from such a position of absolute strength, double cup winners, a squad that seemed to be going brilliantly, and you flog two players and, and, and the roof just falls in because, you know, and I've, look, I've got sympathy with Stevie Brown, the chairman, in this respect that we know the agents make it difficult. We know if players want to go, they, that's tough and all the rest of it. But when you're a cash-rich club, sometimes you've just got to be tough and you say to a player, you're not going. You can go in the summer, you're not going. In the meantime, we're not, and particularly for the fee, you know, that, um, that they Even January, they got. Jim. You yeah. say you can go in January. Uh, that's right, you know. Um, so it's just, it's, it's almost mind-boggling. Uh, what has happened at, at St. Johnson. And, and, you know, and you can argue, well, there's no point, it's spilt milk, no point crying over it now and all the rest of it. But, you know, you, you can't assess things and you can't 
progress um, forward? Because it's not just about next week or next month. You kind of progress a club without actually looking at mistakes that have been made in the past. And 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 this, you know, th- this was a big mistake, a, a major mistake. And now the ramifications are, are, are coming home. You know, the, 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 to roost with an absolute vengeance. I mean, because look, let's be blunt. You know, the, the Scottish Championship's a great league. It's dead competitive. It's fabulous to watch and all the rest of it. But it's not where top clubs want to be. You know, there are no crowds. There's no money. There's l- limited atmosphere and all the rest of it. You want to be in the top division. Saints have been there for a long, long, long time now. And and if they tumble out of it, much, you know, well, bluntly, if they tumble out of it, people will be pointing at, 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 at you know, they'll be pointing at Callum. They'll be pointing at the players, but they point at the chairman and the people that he's, he's appointed as well, who are meant to identify players, see what's coming forward, help the manager. Um, there'll be fingers getting pointed right see left and centre because fans will be raging, uh, and and they will be right to be raging because this is a club that's gone from a position of unique strength to literally caving in within the space of a few short months. So there's a big, big job for Calm to do here. He's brought a few in, hopeful, you know, certainly hopeful that, that the Chief Chi uh, can do something that clearly will, will, will talk to me, comes with a good name and all the rest of it. Hopeful also that, you know, a lot, a lot of guys will rediscover things that, you know, that um, coming back from injury or suspension or loss of form or whatever, that, you know, we'll see the best again from a, a Liam Craig or, a, a, you know, a, an Ali Crawford will start to shine a, a middle. And all of these things, Chris Kane, you know, I mean, there's, there are players about the club. I mean, I, I still think there are players about that club that should have them in a much better position than they're in. There's a combination. Of, you know, listen, you know, I always say in such cases, like, get the sports psychologist and get working on their minds because much of this, I think, is a mental problem now with St. Johnston. Um, um, they, they need they need to examine every possible method of lifting the club from the doldrums because I still think there are players there who even at this stage can rescue them from, from the situation they're in, but there's not much time left. They do need fresh faces. The problem is, Eric, where do you get a quality midfielder now? <laughs> you're not going to get a John, you're not going to get a John McGinn in Scottish football to come at St. Johnson at this stage. You're not going to get a John McGinn anywhere. If you could get a John McGinn at this stage to come for the kind of wages that St. Johnson pay, then clubs would be queuing up to sign them. So, you know, um, I don't like the January window. I'm fed up hearing myself saying that. I don't like it. It's a bad window to operate in, by and large. Um, and Saints are really, really up against it now. And that's where you've got to hope that between Callum's contacts, the contacts he's got with the people around about him and all the rest of it can pull a couple of rabbits out of the hat. It's not just one. They, they need, I still think they need now. We reckoned weeks and weeks ago that they needed probably five, maybe six. I mean, they've signed, what, three? I think I think they need another two, three, arguably minimum. And they're going to have to spend the, spend the cash. I would say four, personally. I would, well, I, I would want to see, I'd want to see another set Wouldn't cuddle. I'd want Wouldn't to see... Cuddle. I'd want to see another right back. I'd want to see a centre half, a centre midfielder, and another forward. So there you go, four. All right, okay. We'll come back, Sean. We will. We'll come back to the, the game because, like you say, it'll be our last podcast before. So we'll do Dundee first, and then we'll, we'll sort of look at the, the game itself. But I know Jim was just talking about there about how uh, this Saints collapses has come from has come from nowhere type I mean it it hasn't it hasn't and he's uh, jumps absolutely spot on it's it's come from a position of as he put it unique strength and but in in some ways the the season has kind of been has been has been heading in that direction you know you can you can kind of you can you can see that form curve and all the rest of it Dundee's although Dundee are like they're 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 the opposite but they're similar they're, in some ways 
they're, they're a club that's been up and down, you know, which St. Johnson used to be, like a yo-yo club I'm talking about in the leagues. Um, and they're recently promoted. But they looked, I mean, you, all three of us were, were blethering at the game. All three of us saw Dundee against against Saints and Jim was there to see them play Motherwell the week before or, or the weekend before, whatever it was, basically the one back-to-back games. No way in the world did I think they would lose the next six games, Sean. No way in the world. What on earth happened to them? <laughs> Absolutely no idea. <laughs> That's the short answer. <laughs> well, you knew, James McPake would have you in if you knew that, you know. Well, I know. Well, somebody somebody yeah. said, I would have said, even just looking at their fix, I know, I think Celtic was one of them. Did they have Rangers as well? I can't remember. But, you know, I would have said they would have had a at least a win and a draw. I mean, I'm going to pause it something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to posit something. I'll give you a possible, right? And I'm not saying this is this is true, okay? But you're looking about this, the, the things that have they've happened, a couple of things that have happened around Dundee since that sort of win over Motherwell and win over St. Johnson, which was end of November, start of December. And since then, that's when they've fallen off a cliff. Um, so they've obviously got beat, beat off Rangers 3 0, which, yeah, well, all right, fair enough. Uh, they'll, beat, they'll beat other teams more than that this season. Then they lose to Ross County 3-2, who just beat them 5-0 uh, just a little bit before. Um, and then a narrow away to Hibs, narrow at home to Hearts, narrow away to Aberdeen. So they're not being getting absolutely destroyed in these games. They've been, they've been narrow. But Livingston, by all accounts, poor performance. McPake not happy with it. Came out afterwards and said senior players had let had let him down and let the team down. That's that's, that's bold pretty, stuff. Yeah, it's bold. Yeah, that's bold. dangerous that as bold well. Stuff dangerous too. Uh, but I wonder about. I mean, you, you look at what's going on. I mean, there's a couple of off-field stories that, that have presented themselves at Dundee and in, in, in recent weeks. One of them involving <laughs> you phrase that. You phrase that very well. <laughs> Politics. Yeah. One one of them. Uh, one of them involving Charlie Adam and one of them involving Jason Cummings. And. Um, I mean, I just again, this is a wondering more than anything else. I, I, I wonder what sort of impact these sorts of things and, and has on a dressing room potentially on the chemistry in there. Um, something's certainly happened, doesn't it? So I'm just positing a potential. Maybe maybe some people are not 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 happy in there uh, with the way things are going. And as you said the, the other night, hearing James McPake say senior players had let him down. Good golly, that's. Uh, that's a, that's a strong position to take, especially when you're dealing with with a senior player, because these players are inevitably the ones in the dressing room with a lot of cachet and a lot of yeah, a lot yeah. of well, sometimes responsibility, well, usually picture, responsibility and long contracts. Uh, there was a picture we <laughs> yeah, there was a picture we used, Sean. I think uh, it captured it wonderfully, didn't it? As uh, Charlie Adam walked past James McPake, and I was going to say if looks could kill, seemed a bit really, frosty. Didn't really didn't look it? at each other, but yes, that. Yeah. Uh, that captured a moment, Jim. I mean, with this, 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 this has. What are, what are the issues that have cropped up at Dundee? Who knows is the answer, Eric? Who knows what kind of goes on within the confines of the dressing room? I mean, as journalists, columnists, and broadcasters and podcasters, we are, we we are, you know, um, 
we're lucky. We're you know we're much more in touch um, on a day to day basis with players and and clubs and all the rest of it than than fans are. That, that's I suppose it's a perk of the job. It's something we need to do to be able to do the job we do. However, it doesn't. It still doesn't mean that, that we are uh, you know that we are allowed into the the, the sacred chamber if you want and in, the, into the innermost secrets. And we pick up bits and bobs from players and and all the rest of it and managers and coaches of what's going on. And but it's, it only presents a partial picture, so we don't know whether there's. Um, you know whether the the off field things have transpired to to affect the dressing room. I, I suspect not. Um, I think football dressing rooms are hardy, rough, tough places. You know the banter's pretty unforgiving and all the rest of it. Um, you know uh, across a myriad of things that people get involved in, uh, it's a pretty unforgiving environment, and you've got to be a big boy bluntly to stand up to it. And that's a football dressing room, but amateur level, never mind professional level. Um, ultimately, quite simply, they've not done it on the park. That's a simple. Um, that's a simple truth. Now, Sean's right. I mean. They've had some narrow defeats, and I mean, I thought for a wee spell when they, that couple of wins they'd maybe turned the corner. I mean, and you know, they look on the face of it to have some good players about them. But the problem is, you know, here's a club that on the face of it has Jason Cummings, Lee, in no particular order, Jason Cummings, Lee Griffiths, and um, you know, Danny Mullen as well, arguably Paul McMullen as well. All guys that are either out and out goal scorers or capable of creating and taking uh, taking goals, and they just haven't done it. In particular, I mean, you know, bluntly, the senior players were letting them, uh, had let James down before Livingston last week. Not all senior players, but some of them, and, and in particular, Cummings and Griffiths had let them down badly. I mean, Lee Griffiths, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Lee Griffiths, or, or maybe I'll rephrase that, I was a big fan, or I'm a big fan of the Lee Griffiths I remember fondly. Um, but he hasn't done it. He hasn't looked fit. hasn't looked nearly as sharp as he was. And he hasn't scored many. You know, what is he scored two goals now. You know, um, one, it'll be a thundering free kick. Cummings has, has, hasn't even flattered to deceive. He just hasn't done enough. Um, and Mullen always a decent player. I don't think it's an out-and-out kind of, you know, he's certainly not a 20-goal a, a season striker, you know. So, um, you know, and then you get the likes of McGowan missing a very good chance against Livingston the other day. You get Fontaine at the back, who for the second goal just, you know, doesn't appear to even make a challenge. So, you know, now James McPakes, right? He's the guy that picks them. He's the guy that has to operate day, day in, day out, um, motivating them, working on the tactics and uh, figuring out who is right to play, who's not right to play, who's in the mood for it and all the rest of it. You know, ultimately everything rests with the manager. <clears throat> and I think that's the reason that he has come out uh, and lost his finally snapped and said at the weekend, you know, uh, said that in midweek, senior players have um, have let us down. They've let him down. Now, you know, I mean, it had all the hallmarks, I have to say, of a man who kind of knows that what well, just what the, the you know the realities are of management that you're never far away from the chop as a manager and and when, particularly when you're bottom of the table he, he brought them up the premiership and all the rest of it uh, he doesn't want to be the man that takes them back down and and you know the argument is this can he survive if he takes them back down can he survive if it looks as though they're, they're they are going to go back down you know there'll be some big questions for John Nelms and Tim Keyser and all the rest of it and James is simply reflecting all of that as managers his neck on the chopping block. Um, from you know the, the performances, the players he works on, he trains them, he coaches them, he, he schools them all week. He gets them ready for the game, and then against a club like Livingston, and you know, no, no, it's not a case of disrespecting Livingston. It's not a case of um, 
having a go at them or anything like that. Dundee historically are a, a much, much bigger club, a great tradition in history, which I have to say now is fading into, fading into the history books. But to see them going down and being so well beaten and so easily beaten um, is A, beyond depressing, and B, I think now leaves James McPake wondering how he pulls the club out of this spiral. It's almost a death spiral that they're in, along with St. Johnson. And there are no easy answers. Um, same thing, you look at the bench, the only difference is, you know, I don't see much on the bench, that's the problem. Um, for, for, I mean, you know, the, 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 the two great hopes they had in Griffiths and Cummings being guys that could create and score and all the rest of that, have done not nearly enough, nowhere near enough. I mean, whether I don't know, what the, as we speak, what the latest is with, with Griffiths, whether they're going to keep them until the end of the season, whether Cummings goes off to Australia or wherever we're talking about. But at the moment, it's going to find something from within uh, and do something different. And they've come close in, in those games that we talked about against you know, Aberdeen and, and, and Hearts and, and Hibs and all the rest of it. But the bottom line is it didn't come close enough. They, you know, At the end of the season, it really doesn't matter whether you go down by one point or 20 points, you go down. And similarly, it doesn't matter whether you lose a game 1-0 or whether you lose a game 5-0. If you're losing six on the bounce, something is going seriously wrong and he has to find the answers to address that. He needs goals. He needs, there's, a lot, there's a lot of quite tidy stuff from Dundee. Quite often they're tidying about the middle of the park and all the rest of it. Charlie, I'm a, you know, I'm a big admirer of Charlie Adam. Um, he's had issues with injuries and all the rest of it. Plus, as Sean says, the off-the-park stuff. Um, who knows how that, that, that affects, you know. I mean, again, as I say, I'm a big fan of sports psychology. Maybe they need to do that. Think about getting someone in on a regular basis to, to work on the mindset um, of the players. But t- again, time is running out. Um, he'll be hopeful for new faces, but he's struggling. If it's hard to attract to the double cup winners... Uh, new players. How hard? How much harder is it to attract a club who, frankly, have become a yo-yo club over the last couple of decades in Scottish football? Um, you wouldn't want to be in his shoes. I think, I, Jim, you've you've absolutely linked perfectly to my next thought there, Sean. It's funny. It's it's almost like it's 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 a contrast to Saints. The the sort of two the two high profile ones, if you like, the names that they've been linked with. You know, we were talking about Saints saying they should be they need to be aiming high and they've got the money to aim high. But maybe, you know, for whatever reason, they haven't got it done and it hasn't happened. And there, for me, I don't know about you, when I'm seeing Dundee linked with Sam Cosgrove and Christian Doidge, now, they may well prove me wrong, but I'm thinking, no chance. You know, I'm thinking, what? Why? that's just that's just not going to happen. I don't, I don't know what your reaction was. I don't think they're realistic targets if you... In, in my opinion, but like it's safe, Chris, Christian Doyle could could make and Hibbs could make a fool of me, and then he could be one. You know, money might talk, and and he comes to Dens Park. You know, they they did the Lee Griffiths deal, so you know it, it wouldn't be unlike Dundee to to pull off a, a sort of marquee signing like that. But they didn't feel like realistic ones to me, Sean. I suppose Dundee are in the in the same boat as St Johnson in the sense now that it's it's actually quite an unattractive prospect to to go and sign for them. I mean, it's the same it's the same problem St Johnson have got now, um, and I think that's I, I think that's even more of a reason why getting the business more of the business done before the game at Hearts for St Johnson was imperative because now they've lost another one and. People establish patterns in their minds, and it looks like, oh, there's a chance this could continue. So it's less attractive all of a sudden. And I think Dundee are in the same boat now after the Livingston game. Um, I mean, you're, you're looking at a, a player who's who's got an option is going to look at, at Dundee 
as they would St. Johnson. You know, not all of them. Some of them might fancy the battle, but a lot of them will look at that and go, no thanks. I've got a relegation scrap on my hands here. And and they're not scoring many goals. Um, and in Dundee's case, they've, they've certainly got strikers in the books that you would you would suggest are capable of getting them. And that hasn't been happening. Um so that would be a concern. Whether 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 because of their names or where they are makes them ungettable, I'm not sure about that. I mean, Dodge was the one of the two that I looked at and thought, oof, that's ambitious. I think Cosgrove, although he oh, is they're where he is. Oh, they're both great signings. Yeah, they're both they great signings. But Dodge was the one that I looked at and thought, that's 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 not going to happen. Um, but again, we, we don't know the discussions that, that go on between clubs behind the scenes. And it, it, it may be the case that... that, that a new manager's come in at Hibs and Sean Maloney and he's looked at Christian Doyle and he's thinking, well, you're not quite what I'm after in terms of what I'm wanting my team to do here. Oh, I could see that. Um, I could see that, yeah. So that's um, that's certainly a possibility. And, you know, Cosgrove, similarly, yeah, I, I think he he's one that, judging from what I've heard and read about him, he is one that's keen to to move somewhere and get, get a second half of the season somewhere else. Um, but not... Not Scotland, apparently. So there we go. Um, but they're, they're certainly they're certainly of a calibre that I would I would I don't see a problem with with making an attempt for these ones. And Dundee would certainly have more of a history than St Johnston of of getting these sort of marquee signings. If you like, do. there's a few of them in the team at the moment. Um, whereas whereas St Johnston don't seem to have any real history of that. I mean, I'm t- like a, a serious marquee player. I mean, the, the last one that... <laughs> are we going all the way back to Jody Morris for the last one that really raised an eyebrow? <laughs> well, no, it the, could be. The, 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 prob- the problem with a marquee signing is... Sandaza. Kind of Sandaza. It reminds you of the big top. The problem you've got to watch is you don't turn your place into a circus, you know? Um, <laughs> and I, I, I think the the, the, the the other thing here is, uh, particularly the, the, the situation that, that Dundee, St. John's as well, but the situation that Dundee find themselves in... Um, you know, they haven't been double cup winners. They haven't won anything for a long, long time. I mean, they've had a kind of, to some extent, over a long period of Scottish football now, up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, you know, there are very, very few players these days who don't rely on their agent. Now, if you've got a good agent as a player, your agent isn't just interested in your next move. He's interested in your career progression. Now, that career progression... Uh, is age dependent if you're a 19 or 20 year old and you've got a good agent who's not just interested in saying right let's get the best deal on the table right now for your next move he's interested in your career progression if you do that here's the manager you've got there he's a good guy he's interested in this he's interested that he'll play youth blah 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 and you know three years at that club and I see you being boom at club X next there's your club progression um, Dundee are no after a, 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 you know a 19 20 year old probably at the moment who's who's looking to kind of you know get a foot in the ladder and progress through his career they're looking for somebody now with experience battle hardened that can do a job um, now that, that's the kind of player he's 25 or 26 or 27 what's the career progression from him from Dens because the danger is he comes to Dens he gets sucked into a dog fight and immediately you know people forget about him people write him off while well, he was part of a team that got relegated or well, hasn't he fallen from grace? He's playing poorly because the guys around the bottom are playing poorly because the club are not performing. And before you know where they are, somebody who's been relatively promising elsewhere gets sucked in. And good agents will explain all that to their players. And that's assuming that the players, you know, don't, you know, doesn't cross their mind themselves. I mean, some players are not the brightest. Some players are very, very bright. You know, they're like the rest of human society. You know, there's a, a whole mixture of maxter in there. The good ones will listen to their advisors, they'll listen to their agents, they'll speak to people. And 
bluntly at this point in time, it's a difficult, difficult sell. And then, of course, the marquee signings, as we say, that Dundee has signed, Griffiths, arguably coming to a lesser extent, just haven't worked. It just hasn't worked. And, and you kind of think to yourself, you know, is there any more reason to suppose that these other ones would work? You know, I mean, Dodge is a decent player. Um, to me, he's, I don't, I don't he's suppose not a league, not would, a league would Griffiths would turn up dressed best, as... I was going no. to say, I don't think Dodge or Sam Corsgo would turn up dressed as the Joker at uh, no. the ball night. And, yeah. <laughs> no, that, 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 but that's you, for you sure. Never know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, I mean, you know, James McBeg is right. This is a really, really hard task to get in the right kind of play. A hard task to get in one player to turn things around. Never mind two or three that they might be needing, you know. Um, so, it's, you know, who at this oh, I feel sorry. I, feel, I do feel, I, I feel sorry for... I feel sorry for for James McPake. I have to say, because he he'd worked so hard to to get that team in a place where it had got a bit of confidence off the right. bottom of the league, a couple of great wins, and then like you say, to you could be right, Sean. You could be right. A couple of a couple of off the field stories, very different off the field stories. You know, you know, bad, and they're and they're you, you don't want to compare them because you know one one ended up in the in the sheriff court and the other ones you know was you know, sort of more of a back page story than a than a front, but you know, nothing that nothing that a football manager could could predict, that's for sure. But yeah, we'll kinda of go back to what you were saying at the start about the all these different hats that a manager needs to wear. And uh either certainly he's certainly getting tested just now as 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 James McPake, right? Before before we move, we're going to have to. Have, we need to have time for Dundee United's misery. So I'll get you, Sean, quickly on on next the the, the big game next week. Dun, Saints against Dundee. Uh, that'll be what they call a six pointer, then, eh? Yeah. Um. Well, uh, are you wanting a prediction? An unpredict. I mean, how how on earth do you? Be? I'm not. I'm not asking you to predict how it goes. You know, but I don't think it, it's. I could. I could make a prediction really, but I think what what will be definitive uh, on the night. As, uh, and, and this is such a boring cliche, really. Um, I'll just use six pointers so when you go. I've opened. But the door. it's uh, there. There will be a huge hunger factor. Who wants it? Sort of thing. Because the the, the uh, Dens Park on the first of December, oh, yeah, Dundee, Dundee won one nil. It was one nil, but I mean, it could have been more than that. Dundee were very comfy. Um, St. Johnson didn't really get near them uh, that night, and Dundee just showed an awful lot more desire. They looked like a team that, that wanted to win that game. Um, if St. Johnson can't find that, and I don't think they've actually looked hungry really this season, when have they? First 10-15 minutes against Hearts at McDermott. First half at Tanner Ice against United. At home at Dundee, that's about it. So if they can't find some some fight within them at this point in the season, then call them relegated. It's as simple as that. So they're going to have to show something. Uh, and Dundee will as well. And on the evidence I've seen so far, Dundee, Dundee have, have, have outfought St. Johnson before. St. Johnson have outfought them before. That was right back at the start of the season. So um, who's who's going who's gonna to care more on the day? I think you're you're going to need to see some hunger from both sides, and that I think that could that could be pretty decisive. Yeah, it's not going to be it's not going to be one it's not going to be a pretty one, Jim. Is it? You coming no, you coming I mean, across for that one? You gonna? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, Eric, anything but pretty. And Sean Sean's nailed it. I mean, you know, look, I mean, 
Rangers and, when you play Rangers and Celtic, you know that in every position they've got a better player than you. That's you know, it's practically as simple as that. You know, it wasn't always the case, but it's pretty simple. You know, it's as simple as that. They're two massive clubs. You get down to Hearts, you know that Hearts have probably got six or seven in, in their team who are all better than you. You know, once you start getting below that, Motherwell, Hibs, you know, Aberdeen, there's probably three or four. But you know, if, if you're at your you're at the top of your game, if you're Dundee or St Johnson or Ross County, you're at the top of your game, and a few are off off the, the boil elsewhere. Anybody can beat anybody. Um, now, Dundee and St Johnson are both eminently capable of beating each other. Um, they're both on stinking runs. We know that the, the runs are on our desk, but they're lousy. Um, but they're both eminently capable of beating each other. So this comes down to. Um, absolute desire, hunger, being prepared to hurt, being prepared to put your body on the line in tackles and shot blocks and, and all the rest, of, and a bit of bravery as well, a bit of belief in your ability, a bit of belief in your ability to run at a man, to take a man on, to get a quality cross in the box, to have a bang at goal, you know, um, all of that. It just, I mean, it, it, it's everything that being a footballer should really be about. Just the desperate desire to be better than the guy you're up against, and, and I think it'll come down to that. Um, I, I wouldn't, you know, it was going through my mind. I was looking at. It, I thought, if Saints lose this one, Dundee go to 19 points. There's a five point gap. It, it, it's not a killer for automatic relegation at this stage, but I mean, bluntly, if Saints are, you know, if Saints lose that one, you know, um, Dundee, I think, then are in pole position to. Um, avoid automatic relegation. Um, Ross County, St Martin, depends what happens to them in the games they've got to come. But, you know, Dundee and St Johnson are now almost locked in that battle between each other. I don't think a defeat for St Johnson automatically relegates them. There's still points to be played for and all the rest of it puts them in a really, really dangerous situation where, where then... Every game, every single point becomes an absolute prisoner. And that's no way to play football. It's, you know, very, very few players um, can handle that kind of pressure very well. Right, Dundee United, Sean. I don't think they should be losing six games in a row with the players they've got, should they? And with the start they made? No, neither should Dundee. But no, Dundee United shouldn't be losing six in a row. I mean, it doesn't, um, we were talking about hearts a wee while, you know, half an hour or so ago, and... It doesn't feel like a long time ago that uh, we were all talking about who was the two, who was the better team between the two of them, and I think we all kind of did think that it was Hearts. But you know, it, there was a discussion to be had there. I, I haven't. I, sh- I should really look at the league table and do my homework before. I, I know there's a lot of points between them now. Let's put it that way, Sean. <laughs> okay, and, and it United feels Hearts. like there's a big gap between them. Is yeah, yeah. They, there's fourteen they, they points between them now. All of a sudden, Dundee United—they're not a top six team, and they don't feel like a top six team, and that's that's kind of that's crept up on us, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're, they've slumped very, very badly. Um, they're not a top six team; they're only three points off it. But I mean, if you look at the the differing sort of trend with Aberdeen, who are in sixth, oh, yeah. uh, and Dundee United, who have slipped to seventh, it's it's night and day. Um, Aberdeen are picking up points; United aren't. Uh, so that's. That kind of sums it up, um, and there would appear from, understandably so, from what I'm what I'm hearing from United fans and whatever. There's there's, there's a fair bit of anger starting to creep in um, over the situation, and, and I think it's um, a lot of it's tied up in, in what they're how they're playing, or perhaps in some cases they don't they don't quite see what's uh, what's being tried uh, by United at the moment. They don't quite understand what the what the system is, what they're trying to do, the way they're trying to play, um, which is kind of uh, the opposite of where we were earlier in the season, where we were where we were 
talking about a system that looked like it worked and comparing them actually to, to Callum Davidson's side last season and Tommy Wright, the best of Tommy Wright's sides, who did, they all had a job to do and they all knew what they were doing, but that seems to have kind of gone by the wayside uh, at this point. They might well still be given jobs to do, but uh, I mean, if that being the case, a, a look at the results would suggest they're either not doing them uh, in the way that their, their head coach would want them to, or, <laughs> or that they said secondarily that they aren't capable of doing them in the way that they're being asked to do. Either way, you've got a problem. Um, and six defeats in a row, much like nine for St. Johnson or six for Dundee, is indicative of a problem. Um, again, like Dundee, I mean, United aren't getting thumped uh, in these games that they're losing. Um, they obviously lost to Celtic 3 nothing. Um, Hibs 3 1, uh, verging. <laughs> it's verging on a, <laughs> a pumping to be fair. Uh, and 2 1 to St. Marin, yeah. 1 0 to Rangers at Ibrox. That's, again, that's all right. I mean, it's not brilliant, but it's not horrendous. Kids, well, 1 0 Livingston, 1 0 Motherwell. So, uh, again, they're, they're not getting ripped apart, really. Uh, but they're certainly. <laughs> not winning games either. So Tam Court has got a major headache, and unfortunately, I think the United fans are starting to starting to lose patience. I tell you what, Jim. I mean, we're kind of over. I was thinking about this this morning, and it was just obviously with the, the, the it brings it all into focus with it, with our three clubs in the top flight struggling so so badly. You could make a case. You could make an argument. Because amalgamation. Now, hear me out. No, 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 not that. We're not going to get Tayside. We're not going to get Tayside City or whatever you want to call it. No, I'm just because we know, like Callum Davison has got has got two two cups for St Johnson, and uh, you can't you can't get much more behind you than that to protect you from. So, you know, you're not hearing a discussion about Callum Davison's job. Mm, yeah, even James McPake has has got Yet. has James McPake has got Dundee up. So he's got a promotion in his name, and we also know, we also think, although we, none of us really know John Nelms or Tim Keys, we kind of we've got, we've we've got an impression that they stick by managers because they have, and we've had umpteen times we've said it. A lot of clubs would have would have probably sacked James McPig and and previous managers, but they haven't. So we we know that Dundee United, Tam Course doesn't have a lot behind him, does he? He doesn't have that. He has that run at the start of the season, the beaten Rangers. That's about it. the rest of its faith, and we don't really yet have a a grasp on what Tony Ashgar if and Mark Ogren will do with managers because they've taken different directions. You know, they did. They, you know, we've we've had Robbie Nielsen who was inherited. Then they did Mickey Mellon and went in a completely different direction with their. Uh, with Tam Courts, so there's a vacuum there, isn't there, Jim? We we can't say because United are higher up the table and all the rest of it that he's safer than the other two, can we? I'm not so sure, Eric, because look, see, at the end of the day, everything comes down to results and fans. When when results turn when results turn against you, the manager gets it in the neck in the first uh, instance. Then the chairman gets it in the neck. 
Now, there's no a chairman that doesn't, well, you know, there's, there's an owner, so I suppose, um, abroad, but he's not going in the net because he's hardly ever there. There's not um, one sitting so, in the stands, is there? No, it, it, he's not sitting in the stands. So the guy having his coffee and brought a ferry or that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. You know, so the guy that's sitting in the stand is the sporting director. You know, he's instrumental in the appointment along with, with, with the, the Ogrins, both the father and son. Um, so, you know, they've appointed him and they've appointed him as part part of a model that they want to pursue a business model and that business model is you know is not completely reliant just on results or just on league position at any given time so you know if you're reliant on a position where you're trying to bring Dundee United through and you're developing academies and you know um you know academies further Dundee and all the rest of the way they did it one time previously um and, and bringing young boys through to sell them on as they've just done and hope to do again then you know uh, that that requires the sort of individuals like Tam Courts and, and the people that work with them who buy into that, who are part and parcel of that whole arrangement. So I, I I don't think that United would be very, very keen at all to upset the apple cart at, at, at this fairly early stage. I mean, they're, they're still in a relatively strong position. The points they got at the end, at the start of the season or the, the opening games after the Aberdeen um, you know uh, defeat um, have stood them in very good stead. Now that can wear away quite quickly as we're seeing. However, they were good enough to get them earlier on so there's obviously there's the bones of a, of a football side there I mean you know the, the fans were critical of many things in midweek they were critical of, of Nielsen at right back and you know and thought that um, Freeman would have been a better bet offers more in terms of pace and all the rest of it. they were critical of the fact that, that Levitt seemed to be playing in front of the kind of the back four, trying to create, two, you know, there's too big a gap between where he's playing to create for the front men uh, like Niskanen who are looking for service, running at channels and, and, and going wide and not getting any service and, and starting to get frustrated. And similarly for, for Pollock not getting service either down that flank. Lev, uh, 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 Fuchs playing kind of too far forward as a midfielder. He's going off the boil. I wonder, has his head been like turned? Has for, has for a while uh, yeah, now, Jim, yeah, hasn't has he? for a while, that's right. Um, you know, he, he, you know he, he, he's not a particularly creative midfielder. And anyhow, he's a he's a kind of in about you, you know, wins the ball, gives it five yards kind of player. He's not he's not a, a you know um, doesn't have the range of passing that Levitt has. So you've got Levitt too deep, playing too far back. People will tell you, therefore not getting the service forward to the guys that are making the runs like Niskanen and Pollock. You've got Fuchs playing forward, but who can he supply because he's not that type of player? Harks appears to be. I like Harks, but he's off the boil, inconsistent at the moment. And McNulty is not a natural line leader. He's not. A, a, and then of course the the big one. Tony Watt, why did he not play for the start? Now we heard Tom's um, explanation of that. Now he's the manager, that's what he, get, he gets paid for the, um, you know, to make those big calls. Uh, personally, having signed a player who's fit, who's been playing, who's a top scorer uh, at Motherwell, I'd have thrown him on right from the start, you know, but that's what managers get paid for. So I, I don't, you know, I, I don't think, um, you know, I, I don't think that Dundee United would be in a position that, that Tam has got any less to back him up than the other two managers at the minute. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, if you're a United fan, you're absolutely entitled not to be happy with what's going on. Uh, they're on the defeats they're on and all the rest of it um, uh, you know even the way they're playing you're, you're, you're unhappy you're entitled to be unhappy at the setup, the technical setup, the tactical setup. I mean players always were players were in, in Jim McLean's great days you know um, people that's what that's what fans do everyone's an expert we're all experts you know but I don't think um, I think he's a long way from being under serious pressure and if he is if, if he is under serious pressure and the people that appointed him uh, I've got to look at themselves uh, long and hard. So I don't think that Tom Courts uh, would be under any um, severe strain at the moment. I think the difference, just before we wrap up, I think there's a, there's another slight difference just looking at this weekend. I think 
I think Dundee fans and St. Johnson fans are looking at their cup games in the context of what it might do for them in the league and in particular the game against each other in the in the next midweek. I think Dundee United fans, they're expecting to go at Hamden, aren't they? So if 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 they lose to Kilmarnock, it's it's not good at all, is it? Because you know, United United they do. They they've they've had hopes raised at the start of the season. They think they've you know they'll think they've got a team that, that can get with a decent draw gets to the last four of this competition, won't they? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they would like that very much, but I think the last six games have shown them that there's there's a potential roadblock there. The other side of it is Kilmarnock are in the championship, so you would even expect a, a premiership team to go there and win, regardless of how Kelly are doing. It should go like that. So the problem they'll face is if, if, it, if it doesn't go their way, they are a championship team. So then that becomes a factor that they've lost the game that their fans will expect them to have to have won. Um, so yeah, it, it, will, it will bring pressure not winning that game, certainly. Um, and then obviously you've got you've got Ross County and, and, and Dundee coming up in a couple of weeks as well. Um, so there's 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 and Celtic in between. So there's certainly um, there's a an opportunity for pressure to build over the next few weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, I, my the reason I sort of went down that road was I, I don't think necess- Yeah, I just I don't think we can as- assume that uh, the pressure is greater on on uh, on Calm Davison and James McPake than it is on on Tam Course. Maybe maybe it isn't. I mean, we'd, it's just uh, I think. Things can things can quickly change at Tanner Ice, as Jim well knows, don't they? You know, and oh, then absolutely. You, you do. You, you you're, you're taking the temperature. I mean, you're taking the temperature from various different sources, aren't you? And uh, you know, there's there's no reason to think that Tony Ashgar isn't still behind, isn't still no, behind I, his I, man. And, like, and Eric, the bottom line is, there's a ten million pound buyout clause to get Dick Campbell. So the, no, none of the three of them can. <laughs> none of the three of them can afford the new boss. You know. Oh. Very good. There you are. You. We'll finish on that one, then, Jim. Thank you very much. Cheers, Sean, and thank you very much for listening. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find talking football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of the Courier Monday to Saturday or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.